0: Bring in more revenue while saving money and differentiate yourself from the rest of the pack vying to win those guests by becoming more environmentally friendly. We will show you how easy it is and how cheap it can be, if not free, and share all the opportunities available. So join us each week as we take another step along the green path. That's one more step to differentiate yourself from the rest of the pack. Proudly sponsored by The Book Direct Show, a green vacation rental conference. Learn more at bookdirect.show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Green Path Podcast. Today, my special guest is Adam Bastock from Small 99, whose goal is to guide one million businesses to net zero by 2025. What a target. So let's learn how he's going to make this happen. Hello, Adam, how are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you. Thank you very much for having having me here.
0: My pleasure. Thank you very much for coming along. Adam, can we start? That's a very, very big target. By 2025, Mm. there's not a lot of time left. Can we start at the beginning of your journey? How did you start on the path to, you know, becoming environmentally friendly? How did you start on your path to Small 99 and this target?
1: Yeah, so it started quite a while ago, really. I feel like if we zoom back probably about 10 years when I did my degree, which was international relations focused and and really touched on a lot of the kind of the international impacts of climate change coming through, but I never really did anything with it. So it was always there as a planted as a seed. And then I started doing a lot of work with small business owners, but with digital marketing and and understanding Google and and search and and helping them on that path. That's quite a complex topic that I was then trying to deliver in, in fairly simple, practical terms because small business owners... They don't have any time and don't have much money to spend either so it was really how do we get those people the advice they need hmm. fast forward doing that for about eight years really got to the point of getting a little bit bored with with kind of net zero uh, sorry we're well, not with the net zero with digital marketing and going well actually there's this whole new net zero term that's coming through and cop 26 was happening and all of that stuff and i just started to see the same themes happening where it all the advice out there was for large organizations or it was too broad and too vague or it was just irrelevant to small business owners where, you know, you don't have a team of people there to help you. You're quite often the the only face of your business. So it's how do you give practical advice for small businesses to actually take that shift? And that's where that small 99 came from is that 99% of businesses in the UK, but also in most countries around the world are small. You know, those large corporates that are doing a lot of this work are actually the the minority in terms of the, the daily interactions of the economy. So how do we move that, that 1 million, which is only 16% of businesses in the UK, it's, you know, 5.5 mm. million mm. small businesses. So mm. that's sort of how we came to it, that practical advice element.
0: Yeah, and you're right. I mean, you, when you're running a small business, how do you have time to start researching this big, big, idea of sustainability and and, and becoming environmentally friendly. And it's much, much, it's a much bigger picture. So how do you have the time? And also, I think on your website, you're talking about consultants, you know, uh, Mm. small businesses don't have the money for consultants. So you came up with small 99. What exactly does small 99 do?
1: Great question. I'm still kind of working this out because it's always changing (laughs) with it with demand. So typically, at the minute, what we're doing is we're doing a lot of workshops, and a lot of talks. So giving kind of 30 minutes of presentations on how you actually get to net zero and running slightly longer workshops over a couple of months with business owners and taking a cohort through of going straight from um where do i start through to building out your own plan around sustainability whether that's net zero carbon reduction or whether that's more just the broader sustainability thing we can go on to that later Mm. because there's a lot of jargon in this space it's the problem Mm. um but we've also just recently developed and launched our, our kind of online platform which is uh, a community but also tied in with uh, the full pathway to net zero that's pre-built for you so we do all the research we find all the actions we break those down into 10-minute chunks so that you can just get started with that 10-minute element uh, and we've got all of the answers in theory in reality we never do because it's always changing and, and yeah, things yeah. Uh, you know if new technology comes online things change so yeah. Yeah, we take we take that burden for you, so you can just get you know get on with it essentially.
0: Yeah, well, well, let's take step one. Can you explain what what zero net zero is?
1: Yeah, so net zero is a term that really popped. It's only popped up in the past two or three years. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other one that's out there that's helpful to compare it against is carbon neutral. Mm-hmm. So carbon neutral has been around a bit longer, and the idea is is that if you're a business that is emitting, let's say, a hundred tons of emissions a year you then need to be offsetting or, or buying carbon offsets equal to 100 tonnes. Mm-hmm. Now, typically, that might look like planting trees equal to that amount. The difference with net zero is, is that in order to, to claim net zero, you need to have. You may be emitting 100 tonnes, um, but in order to be net zero, you need to reduce the amount of emissions down to 10 tonnes, and then you're, you're allowed to offset those remaining 10 tonnes because there might be just something in your business that you can't remove yet. That's the key difference, really, is that net zero is very action-driven, whereas carbon neutral is 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 slightly more financially driven, where it's more mm-hmm. a large company can just throw money at tree planting initiatives mm-hmm. and, and get the reductions that way. Mm.
0: Can you give us some examples of how you can reduce your emissions?
1: Yeah. Well, as a
0: small business a, a owner? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So there's there's a lot of different ways. Um, so net zero is measured in three different scopes. You've got scopes one, two, and three. Scope one is typically your, your vehicle emissions, so you're driving around. Scope two is typically energy emissions that you're purchased. And then scope three is everything else. So some examples there might be, how do your customers get to you? How are they driving to your um, premises? Or then it, or also how your staff getting there and how are you individually getting around? That might be a case of reducing that through doing, electric minibus pickups or electric bike um, services or electric vehicle charging points. In terms of scope two, your energy emissions, that might then be solar panels or wind turbines or kind of on-site hydro or just reducing down the amount you're using through LEDs and through insulation and and Mm -hmm. through various things like that. Scope three is really the big one because that, that includes everything else. So the, you know the technical language is upstream and downstream, but it's the things that you're buying in, the things that you're selling, and then the things that you're throwing away in, in a very simplified sense. So you're then looking at things like your supply chain. Where are you getting your food from? Where are you getting your toiletries from? Where are you getting your paper from? Where are you buying just the you know, washing materials? What are you doing with the packaging that's thrown away? The people that are visiting your business and the, the waste you're generating there, how is that being handled? Could you look at that in a different way? So it really does balloon out into this into this kind of quite huge problem. And I think this immediately becomes very overwhelming. Yeah. But really the answer is, is that every decision you make in your business, no matter what the business is, whether you're a hairdresser, you know, a hotel, an Airbnb or an e-commerce company, Every decision you make in that business on a daily basis is, a, is either sustainable or it's unsustainable. Mm. So it's just about nudging your, your thought process to go, well, actually, if I'm buying more pens, where am I getting those pens from? Do I really need them? What am I doing? You know, And all those things. And I think as soon as you have got embed that and really own it, it becomes quite powerful. Because then if you are putting a, a menu together, for example, for a wedding, I think that becomes quite fun because then you can look at well, actually, let's let's build a vegan or vegetarian first menu, with other meat options that are kind of optional because that's going to be a huge part of the footprint, right? Is that Mm. you know a a kilo of beef is going to have ten times the footprint of a kilo of cauliflower or whatever the the numbers are? It might be more than that. So Mm -hmm. yeah,
0: that's interesting, and I I do love on your website. uh, I think that the main menu is I have, and the drop down (laughs) is I have thirty seconds on basics. Uh, yeah, you know, five minutes to measure, 10 minutes to listen. I love that you just give little breakdowns. Like I thought, okay, okay, I've got to check this 30 seconds. What can you tell me in 30 seconds? And that was really great. And I like that, you know, little bite size. Okay. And, of course, you know, I had the 30 second and then I thought, okay, I want a bit more and I want a bit more and I want a bit more. Okay, yeah, tell me about this. And it started to snowball. And then I thought, oh, well, i got to get here and record this interview. So <laughs> I love that you can just uh, give people exactly if they ha- only have a little bit of time, you can give them something for that little bit of time. And it is all about taking those small steps, and you do have very good articles and that your videos, really, really great references and really great things to learn from.
1: Thank you.' it's, yeah. it's been a huge it's been a huge challenge, I think, and this has always just been talking through business owners and going, well actually, most people know more than they give themselves credit for. And really, I think the biggest challenge here is confidence. Yeah. Um, and and then as soon as you get people hooked on that 30 seconds, they start thinking about it and start understanding it. And then they've got the confidence to have their own conversations. And I think that's the the powerful thing that we need to get to, because I was quite bored and fed up of just seeing sustainability put in this box that you have to attend a webinar for either an hour or...
0: Mm. I think
1: the longest I've seen was a, was a solid six-hour webinar for it. And it's like, that's just... It's just too much it's just you know it's just yeah it's way too much yeah. and like the, having a we do run workshops that are longer than that but the people that are coming to those workshops are in themselves they're, they're effectively sustainability experts themselves they're just looking for implementation so there's mm-hmm. a huge gap there that we're trying to to bridge with that
0: yeah so just we, lack of time yeah so you're creating a community so someone Comes to Small 99, do they sign up? Is there a membership or is it just they sign up for each course that you that you offer?
1: So typically we tend to run the workshops with local authorities or, or kind of other organisations that have got an audience they're looking to, to kind of work with.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that's quite early days. The community side is more what we'd call peer-to-peer learning. So the idea is let's gather all these people together and then everyone's going to be sharing their own struggles on that journey. So mm-hmm. let's create this environment that they can all um, learn and share and and then we can support them through that with and that's a completely free community mm-hmm. so we're sort of relaunching that at the minute and, and rebuilding it the main thing that's paid for us in terms of that consumer side is the access to the platform so that app um, we're going to be calling it small 99 hero uh, and that's going to be that's 15 pounds a month mm-hmm. for an entire pathway to net zero and mm-hmm. for yourself and then that builds a sustainability page for you as well it's all automated so that's the main kind of paid piece uh, everything else we've tried to be free because it it really is the action element is that if we're going to get that million by 2025, because it is quite a large number, we need to reduce as many barriers as possible and, and really get as many people upskilling quickly. Um, because it's not it's often not complicated and business owners know their businesses better than I could mm. sitting in a webinar for an hour. So mm. it's just about mm. empowering and getting out the way, really.
0: Mm. So in terms of the vacation rental industry, I started this podcast just to try to get the conversation going, just to try and share some education share some success stories i'm not sure how successful this podcast is going to be yeah. but how do you how what's your plan to try to get to a million uh, a million people a how are you going to do that because yeah. i find there's a little bit of resistance you know the term sustainability it seems to be not an ugly word but it's a too hard word and yeah. i i think maybe with what you're doing with the small small chunks you know that that sort of like it that's like the Hansel and Gretel you know you eat in the yes. following it to the destination so, I love that yeah so maybe, imagery well maybe that's how you do get people maybe that's what i should be doing to get people to listen to the podcast and learning from people like you and my previous guest so yeah i was just wondering if you're feeling any resistance or if you're feeling people are coming on board easily
1: I think there's two parts to it, really. At the minute, most of our target audience and the people we're attracting are already on board with it, and that's who we've served. And that's been good to get us to where we are. But in terms of scaling up to that 2025 target,
0: yeah, we need to
1: change tactic a little bit. And that's where, really, I want to get to a position where we're not talking about carbon emissions and we're not talking about sustainability. We are talking about building a profitable, resilient business. Mm. And the belief is, is that you fundamentally cannot have that if you are not sustainable. Mm. It's in the word, right? If I came into your business and said that your you know, your finances cannot be sustained, you would probably react quite dramatically to that and take action. So the idea that we're doing that with just like environmental or or anything else is a bit, yeah, is a bit uh, dis- dis- disconnected to me. So really, it's about things like circular economy, which is a great concept, but means not a lot to a lot of people. As soon as you put that in simple terms and go, and you say, "Well, actually, what are you throwing away, and what is a business n- near to you buying a lot of, and vice versa?" That's a that's a circular economy. Yeah. So there's a lot of examples out there of people who have been who are doing this. So I was talking to a, a, a guy recently who he came up to me at one of these events and we were chatting for about ten minutes and he started the conversation with, "Oh, I'm not sustainable at all. You know, it's not really on my radar. I don't know where I'd start with that." And then after 10 minutes discussing that he'd been taking waste product from his business that was kind of like tiny little models and, and kind of kit things that he was throwing away at the minute, stopped throwing them away, back like boxed them up as model um sorry, mystery boxes, and sent them out to YouTubers as like a here's mm. what you know, a bit of a marketing pl- uh fun thing. That's now increased his revenue by seven percent. It's <laughs> overall. It, it's, it's cut his um is kind of, spending. Less on his waste management team because it's not having to just throw away all these all these items, and it's all like, well, that's that's sustainability in action, right? It is business first. It is building a more resilient business because you're now saving money and making more money at the same time through through different things. Yeah, that's the story we need to capture and get out there because yeah. that's the language that everyone is currently using in business, and therefore yeah. we can't shy away from that.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting because recently we had it was all about the sharing economy. But yeah. I think, it, it, you know, I've only just started hearing about the circular economy and I didn't understand it until I actually watched one of your little videos and like, oh, that's what it is. Wow, this is, a, this is a, amazing. And I actually recently met someone who's starting a business who's going to take rubbish, waste product from building companies and is going to sell it. And that was actually the first time I'd heard about actually buying rubbish to sell to someone else to use yeah. in a different circumstance. And you know, maybe this is the future, the circular economy. If we are heading towards having a cleaner planet, then maybe this is where, <laughs> maybe this is the new business we should be getting into. <laughs> I
1: think it makes so much sense because it's such a huge opportunity of, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Is, is, you know, is, is, exactly. is, is the manifestation of that. And I think, especially like electric vehicles is quite an interesting one where those batteries are so valuable that once they're built, you're not looking at recycling them at all. That's, such, that's so far down the value chain. In that, once you've bought an electric car and run it for ten years, and the battery needs replacing, or fifteen years, or however long it might be, mm. you can then take that battery out and then either pull it into a, another electric car and, and refurbish it into like an old. Uh, we're seeing a lot of um, electric classic car restorations. So taking a classic car where the parts can't be got anymore for the engine, mm. but the shell's fine, is repair the entire shell and then put in an electric motor, and oh, then once wow. it's at, and out of that, that you take it and put it into um, a power wall or on-site storage because the demands are different. And then, yeah. you know, there's, there's three or four different life cycles before that, each of which are five to 10 years long before you even need to think about recycling it. Mm. And it's, it's really that starting to highlight these stories of, well, actually, if we can do that with electric vehicles, why can't we do it with anything else? Mm. And there's a huge amount of resource and value in items that have been produced. So
0: mm, mm. I
1: think it's, it's really exciting, but... it it takes a few nudges. And I think this is where um, talking to like building, um, not building sites, uh, kind of where where there's a lot of businesses on a single site. So kind of retail parks and things like that, is actually should go around because quite often those businesses aren't talking to each other. And it's like, well, if you've got a toffee manufacturer and a wedding venue supplier and, you know, a a, a candle maker, there's probably things that all those three businesses can do because a toffee maker is throwing away waste toffee that could be used to make candles or could be going to make gift bags for the wedding supplier. And then, you know, yeah. and vice versa. And yeah. It, it could be quite creative with it, but it's, it's such a simple concept that people don't necessarily think of. And it's just, how do we yeah
0: well get I more think it's, going? But I think that's all awareness because you, hmm. you wouldn't think about it. You just think of something as waste as rubbish. Okay. Rubbish goes in the bin. Boom. That's yeah. the end of the story. And that's where, That's where all of our knowledge stops. When something goes into the bin, we don't think about where it ends up. We don't think about landfill. That's the rubbish bin. And after that's it, we don't know where the the story goes after that. So maybe it is about awareness. It's thinking about what are you putting in the bin and what do you need to really put in the bin and what else can you do with, instead of putting it in the bin, what else can you do with it? And it is about thinking a bit differently. But the thing is, We need to be told that there are are other alternatives and you can think differently so this is the whole point of this discussion to learn that there are alternatives because prior to this conversation i wasn't even thinking about it or like recent conversation i wasn't thinking Mm. about that at all i didn't know i
1: think this is where it also because i hear like education thrown around a lot of like we need to be more educated which i think i sort of take a little bit of an issue with because that sounds one it sounds quite naggy and quite negative you've got to sit in the classroom and be told yeah. what to, to learn for, for hours and also it's just quite slow and we don't have time for that yeah. so really I think inspiration is what I'm, I'm trying to focus on is how do we capture these stories of small businesses that are doing great things and use mm-hmm. them as well you know as an example that I was saying earlier you know that if they can do it why can't you because they're not a sustainable company and by their own admission they are just a business that is now, implemented circular economy by accident and Mm. if you could take those stories and start inspiring others to to go with it and build that Mm. confidence up Mm. it's i think it's far more powerful than than simple education as you say
0: Mm. but also you know a lot of people were like oh it's too hard it's too hard but like you just said they could be already doing something that is actually they're already on the path and they don't they don't even realize that they're doing something that is actually sustainable so to bring that awareness to them and then to make them think oh okay well Oh, that that was easy enough. That I'm doing that. Okay, maybe I can do something else because they are already doing it. So I, I think this is y, y, the word is in inspiration, but I think it's also awareness because it's. Mm. I, I don't like the word education either because it is about note taking and exams. No, yeah. it is about awareness and just having the conversation and discussions about what does it all mean and and how can it fit in with what I'm doing. And I, I think Absolutely. it's really great. Yeah. So, in terms of your your plans for Small Ninety Nine, so it's obviously to bring awareness to the website and to do these courses and and uh, support community and an app. So, what's the app going to be about?
1: Yeah, so the app is it'll be an online kind of app. So, it's an online platform that we log into it, and then you've got basically a list of things that you need to do to to reach net zero. So, you can add actions in, but the the idea is, is we've built out that entire pathway for you, so you just need to start working through it and, and make progress, really. Mm-hmm. And it is that idea of once you're at that point, you've probably been inspired mm-hmm. and you don't really need to be educated. You just want to get on with it. Yeah. So let's just let you and give you all those solutions. And, you know, yeah. they, they won't all be right, but most of them will be, and yeah. it will get you going much quicker. So,
0: but, but that checklist, right, is that is that valid for any industry?
1: So at the minute we've got uh, e-commerce and retail, so if you're running like a physical shop or an online shop, and we've got professional services. Those are the two pathways we've got running. We're currently actually working on a camping pathway, which is due for launch probably in September time, which is mm-hmm. quite interesting. A bit of an odd one, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, kind of different challenges there over, well, how do you decarbonize campfires?
0: <laughs> no, no idea.
1: Um, so looking into that, but at least then quantifying it and going, well, maybe you leave those emissions and find somewhere else to save it. But Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that, those are the two part, three pathways we're kind of working on, but we'll yeah. have more. Um, coming. Okay,
0: good. Put vacation rentals on the list.
1: Yeah, no, it's on the list. This, this, the list is getting longer by the day. So.
0: <laughs> now, you also mentioned um, an environmental page. So what yes. is that?
1: So that's the, where the, once you're working through the app, it will automatically build out this page for you. So one of the barriers we find is that businesses don't, they tend to do more than they actually say they're doing. Mm. So it is that... Oh. People, one, if you're not doing anything right now, I'd say just go and make a list of all the things you've done, because that's going to highlight a lot of the things you are doing. So that progress page really is that as you work through the app and as you mark items as ticked off and done, it just builds a public sustainability policy page for you mm. so that you don't have to write it yourself. You can just link to that and then it's there for you. It's got you know badges and awards and things of all the things you've achieved. But most importantly, it also highlights the things that you're currently working on and even the things that you might not be doing, because one of the, again, one of the barriers is, is that if you are in a leased premises as a small business owner, you probably can't put solar panels on the roof and you probably can't change energy supplier because that's the landlord's problem. Yeah. Therefore, say that, communicate that I care almost as much about what businesses aren't doing as what they are doing and the reasons why they're not doing them. So you can there's a box for putting on a reason of why you've what you know, why you might be stuck on something and sharing that as well, because. The sooner we can then unblock those, the sooner we can take action and get more people going.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, that's really great because uh, one of the things that we've been talking about is the fact that if you are doing something or if you can't do something, but to put it on your website or to, to make sure that your guests in, in my industry, that your guests know that you are t- taking steps to becoming more environmentally friendly. You do <laughs> care about the environment. You do care. And, and this is a way to show the guests what you are doing, what you've done. Uh, and what you plan to do. And, and it's really important that you share that with, uh, with people looking at your website. So I like that idea a lot, yeah.
1: There's, there's these two terms that we really built it around, which is one, greenwashing, which I think everyone's yeah. fairly aware of, of, yeah. of. And that typically, I think, applies to larger corporates. I've not come across many smaller businesses who are, who are kind of greenwashing because yeah. you have to have an intent of you know, misleading people, which most people don't want to do.
0: Just explain uh, greenwashing, just in case we haven't had it in any episode yet. Can you give us the definition of greenwashing?
1: Yeah, so I think I'd put the definition of greenwashing as as in trying to intentionally mislead or misrepresent actions as being greener than they are. Mm-hmm. So if you're not saying something, or you're saying something in a way that omits certain information, mm-hmm. then that to me is green greenwashing. Which is sort of why we built the the the, the tool out to be completely transparent because mm-hmm. transparency is the way to stop it and it might be that you do have to use plastic pens in your business. And it's like, okay, fine, say that. Rather mm. than saying you're plastic free as a business or whatever that might be, it's like, well, actually define that a little bit more so that it's mm. it's clear. Mm. On the opposite end of the spectrum, you've got green hushing, which I think is far more prevalent within the small business community, which is saying nothing because you're too scared of greenwashing. And that's really dangerous, I think, because for the reasons we highlighted, it might be that you've tried to do a lot of things but then you've not been able to do it for perfectly valid reasons that are outside of your control, but you're not actually saying that. And therefore you say nothing. So mm-hmm. you've made more progress than you are willing to admit, but then you're not admitting any progress because you feel like you should have done a lot more to be perfect.
0: Yeah. And yeah.
1: That's not helpful because that means that it doesn't give other people confidence and it just slows the entire system and that kind of inertia down. So
0: yeah,
1: it's, it's really about how do you just say, what have you done? what are you working on and what can't you do and making sure that you're communicating that transparently at all times to to, to mean that you avoid all the kind of the, the issues of greenwashing and green hushing.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because uh, someone else that I've interviewed recently, that they were almost feeling guilty to say what they've done because it's not enough. And it's like, but you've done something that's great. You've done more than other people may have done. So already, uh, you know, applaud yourself for that. There there shouldn't be any guilt. If If you've taken one step, then already, you know, great.
1: Precisely. I think that's the, the the risk there is if you're not then sharing it, is that if other people like your competitors or suppliers have ever come to your website to see what you're doing and they see nothing there, they're like, oh, OK, well, it's all right that I'm not doing anything because yeah. they're not doing anything either. Yeah. And it's like, ah that's what that's where it slows it down. So yeah. even if you have done something and then got stuck. Great. Just say that that's happened.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the small 99 sounds like a fabulous resource. I, I'm going to go trawling through it again now and have a really you know, more detailed look. But uh, I will pop the, the link in the description below. Um, we're going to wrap up the interview now, but is there anything else that you'd like to to mention that we haven't touched on yet?
1: I think the main thing for me really in terms of taking action from this podcast, and if you're kind of fired up at the minute, is is go and sit down with a piece of paper and just make a list of all the things that you have done. Mm -hmm. That's a really easy next step for anyone to take and that will typically unblock either some extra thoughts or things that you've not thought of Mm -hmm. um, and it will give you a clear starting point to then communicate that out with with customers. So Yeah. yeah, as a next step, go and do that.
0: Yeah, great. Okay. Well, like I said, I'll put all the links in the description below. If you have any questions for Adam, or Small99, pop them in the comments below. Adam, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure learning about Small99. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye.